Here goes. I sped. I followed too closely. I ran a stop sign. I almost hit a Chevy. I sped some more. I failed to yield at a crosswalk. I changed lanes in the intersection. I changed lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding. Good morning and welcome to episode uh, two here of Driving Dad. Uh, thank you for those who have uh, reached out and connected about the uh, the podcast already, just being uh, kind of one day old here. So definitely appreciate that. And obviously, uh, hope to continue to grow and to uh, continue to get the word out there. Uh, once again, moving zero miles per hour currently on 77 South here. Uh, but a nice day here in Charlotte, uh, supposed to be about 50 degrees and sunny. So I guess, uh, in comparison to some other places in the U S currently, we'll, uh, we'll take it, but, uh, happy Friday to everybody. Um, hope everybody has a uh, good Friday and has some good plans together for the weekend. Um, I did want to have a topic today. Like I said yesterday, if you listen to the first kind of kickoff podcast, um, being, uh, with the title of driving dad, um, some of the topics will be driven towards dads, um, kind of intentionally. I'm sure others will come up kind of organically as those conversations go on. Um, but the one thing that, uh, I was looking to touch on today was, uh, keeping, your children in their own beds. Uh, so we have two children, uh, and the older, older daughter is five years old. Uh, and we've been going through, I believe what is somewhat normal of, uh, kind of sleep. Um, um, I don't know the right term for it, but, um, sleep issues one way or another that, uh, you know, seem to be somewhat consistent, um, and over time tend to, uh, change slightly, but then remain consistent for a period of time. So, um, what I mean by that, I guess, uh, just working backwards here a little bit, um, when our daughter was out of her crib, I think, you know, obviously once a kid is in our one eight kid is in a crib. It's it's kind of easier, right? I think a lot of us um, feel that babies and, and infants, etc., are more of a handful. But I think anybody who has had a kid or multiple kids realizes that at least they are in one spot, right? So um, not only with sleeping, but once they start crawling and walking, it's a it's a whole new ball game. So um, from the sleeping side of things, though. Uh, if you kind of think back or maybe you're in this current, uh, position now where the kid is now out of a crib and has some sort of bed, um, with some sort of apparatus attached to it that, you know, keeps them from falling out, but allows them to kind of walk out of the bed on their own. Uh, whether that's some sort of a bumper system or some sort of a little, uh, gate that goes up. Uh, I believe we had a few different versions of it. I believe the one that we landed on was a, uh, kind of a, a little gate that would flip up and down, um, that kind of sat in the middle of the bed. So she could, 
uh, kind of enter and exit from the top or the bottom of the bed. Uh, but again, it kept her within the bed in case she would attempt to roll out during the, uh, the course of the night. And I think for a, uh, a period of time, um, you know, that, that worked out well. We could get her down to bed um, without having to sit in there and, uh, you know, kind of wait for her to fall asleep. We could kind of read the book, do that whole thing, and then, you know, she was kind of on her own. Uh, and I think that that ran its course, uh, you know, maybe over six, nine months or so. And it became more of an issue. So still within the same bed, uh, but had no interest in staying with, within her bed, within her room. Um, and it became, you know, more of an issue than I think anybody really wants to deal with. Uh, but it was, you know, kind of a, a learning curve for us being kid one on, you know, just how much freedom you actually give them as far as what they want versus what they get. Um, and I think over time it allowed, uh, allowed our daughter to uh, kind of understand that, you know, this is your spot, this is where you sleep. Uh, and it, and it, it kind of went backwards a little bit where she would stay in her own room, uh, stay in her own bed for the most part, um, and then it was, it was good to go. Um, and then about, uh, I'd say a year and a half ago-ish, uh, we moved her into what she refers to as her big girl bed. So, and you know, a standard uh, twin, I believe, is what she has. Um, obviously, at this point in time, no gate. Um, and we felt like it would be a good uh, kind of, you know, living in the big girl world and, you know, having your own bed and all the other things that went along with that. And, you know, I, I would say that for maybe a period of time, it, it was that. Uh, but shortly thereafter, it became... Um, every single night, um, maybe with the exception or of one or two days during the month, uh, but relatively consistent. And I would say probably for the last year and a half that she requires either my wife or I to be in bed with her. You know, we do the whole book thing. We've tried to explain to her that, Hey, look, you know, we'll do, we'll read the books. Um, you know, we'll lay here for a few minutes, but then, you know, you need to, be a big girl and sit here or lay here and go to bed on her own and it, it just doesn't work you know we have um, again our, our second daughter who kind of resides on the same side of the house um, so if our older daughter uh, has issues with us leaving then you know that wakes up the younger daughter etc etc so it's just not really worth the battle um, to have to you know uh, get the baby back down etc so um, we've kind of resulted in the, the area of, you know, read the books and now we're going to lay here, uh, with her until she falls asleep. Um, you know, she is in school now, so the days are a little more, um, filled with things to do, right? So she's more active during the course of the day. So, um, you know, putting her to bed after a long day of school, you know, shouldn't take you any longer than 15 or 20 minutes. So it's not a, a big, uh, a big time killer, but on a weekend or, you know, on a day that she's off school when she's not really as active as she would be during the course of the day, uh, it can take half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, my wife will tell you that it can take over an hour, uh, which is an accurate statement. Um, and, 
you know, I, I think it's all well and good if it, if it helps her um, go to sleep, one, but stay in her own bed and kind of recognize that she has her own space, etc. Um, but the larger issue is that after spending the, spending the time getting her to bed, uh, she then wanders into our room uh, roughly between midnight and 1 o'clock, sometimes even earlier, sometimes a little bit later, but I'd say on average midnight's probably safe. Um, and, you know, crawls on the bed as what she would probably assume is gently um, and just kind of slithers her way up to the center of the bed and puts herself back to sleep. So at the early stages of this, we would tell her that, you know, she's not really supposed to be on our bed. We would walk her back to her room. Um, but unfortunately, as that um, existed and it still exists today, if you walk her back to her room, you're not leaving again until you guys get up. So, um, you know, I've read things where, you know, as soon as the, the kid comes to the room, you know, immediately walk them back to the room until they fall asleep. Um, in our case, at least, that's just not currently possible. Um, you know, it, it happened again the other night. Walked her back to her room. I was probably in there for 45 minutes. Tried to grab my stuff and go, and she woke up, and that was about it. So slept in there the rest of the night. So it's really just a matter of, you know, how much we're really willing to bend on our own sleep. Um, some people would probably say that, you know, allowing her to sleep in our bed is, you know, part of the problem. We're not really doing much, doing enough to push back on, you know, bringing her back to her room as soon as she gets in there. Um, and, you know, maybe that is part of the problem. But um, we are looking into other solutions. So we bought, um, you know, a brighter nightlight because she said that she didn't sleep in a room because she was scared or, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I read something about the fact that if they had a way to communicate with you from their room, um, that would eliminate them leaving their room and then in turn would allow them to feel more comfortable with um, staying and not, you know, fleeing um, their bedroom for, for years. So we tried um, telling her to use, you know, she still has a, a camera system in her room from the baby monitor days. Um, and that didn't work. And we tried using an intercom and that didn't work. And, you know, we talked about using walkie talkies and I think we all know that won't work either. So, um, I was kind of curious if anybody else has tried anything, you know, I know that every kid is very different as far as what works for them. Um, but if anybody has had a similar situation or a similar, uh, kind of overall trend, um, that I've walked through, I'd be curious to see. Uh, what you guys have done with it, um, and then in turn, how long that worked, um, or if it kind of worked for a short period of time and went back to where it was before. Um, again, any uh, <laughs> suggestions are welcome, um, because I think, you know, if you read stories and, and articles online, it's not uncommon, um, but it is something that people, um, you know, have addressed in one way or another, and it seems to have worked. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what we're doing um, that may not be um, taking as much as we thought it would. Um, and I think the opinion is that, you know, over time she'll just eventually stay in her bed, which I'm sure is probably pretty accurate. Um, I'm just not willing to have a 
16 year old climbing into our bed um, so I'm hoping to kind of cut this off as early as possible so again if you have any suggestions on um, you know ideas thoughts uh, anything that you guys have tried uh, before that would be awesome to hear and uh, again um, appreciate everybody listening again if you have any topics or suggestions on things to talk about during the podcast feel free to uh, to let me know um, and uh, outside of that I wanted to talk about our our first sponsor here in Charlotte and I'll do that right after the break So, like I said, we uh, we are happy to have our our first sponsor here on board at Driving Dad, um, and it's the Charlotte Dads Group. Um, you can find out more about what they do uh, at Charlotte Dads Group on Facebook or charlottedadsgroup.com. Um, basically, they have a site that serves as a meetup page here around the Charlotte area, uh, where they host events and kind of welcome in. Um, dads for kind of a structured meetup. Um, so kind of a cool platform for dads and in some cases families um, just to kind of have a, uh, an event for um, them specifically. So um, like I said, a lot of what they do is, is geared towards dads, uh, similar to what we do here at Driving Dad. Uh, but they are having a family, uh, a full family event um, out at the Cruise Recreation Center on February 1st, uh, which is a Friday. I believe that's the Friday before uh, Super Bowl Sunday as well. Um, so it's a family fun night, and they will have uh, a bunch of activities, entertainment, food, drinks, etc. cetera. Um, and the best part about all of that is that everything is free as well. Um, so check them out. Again, it's uh, at Charlotte Dads Group on Facebook or charlottedadsgroup.com. Uh, looks like they had a great time last night at VBGB in Uptown. Um, and you can see a full list of the events that they have coming up as well. And uh, yeah, check them out and um, give them a like on Facebook to uh, keep up with them as well. <laughs> 